0: For Syracuse. Party time. The upset pulled by the Orange. They defeat Clemson 27 to 24. Battle. the penetration. Step back. Oh. A pressure bucket for Tyus
1: battle. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonti and Seth Goldberg. Powered by Drivers Village and Hummel's Office Plus. Good afternoon, everyone. Glad to have you with us alongside Seth Goldberg. I'm Stephen Fonti. It's a Wednesday edition of Orange Nation. 315-437-7644 is the number. If you'd like to get involved, you can also text us on the text line at 315-288-0644. And as Seth just mentioned, uh, no Tommy Hogan today. Our producer abandoned us. is uh, is gone. He's on his way to the Bronx. Or is he already there? Did you leave last night? I think he was leaving today. All right. Uh, yeah. My, my question to you is this, and, and then we'll get into sports. Uh, did he ask for the day off? He's only been working with us for about a month. D- did he ask or did he tell you, I have Yankee tickets, I'm going to the game?
0: He, he said, would I be able to take this day off? And I said, sure. And he said, I have Yankee tickets. And I said, okay. And now now, he said this before they had clinched a playoff spot and then before they had clinched that game at home. So he was kind of like, if that game is at home, okay, I'm going to play the same so game he was here. Proactive by the way, then. I'm going to play the same okay. game here. By the way, if the Yankees make the World Series, I have been offered tickets for Game One and Two. Which oh, would yesterday be you told York. me it was
1: Game Five. Now, well, it's game, it was,
0: uh, it was, but that's on the weekend, and I told my friend I couldn't go, and so he was like, I might be able to get One and Two.
1: So, so, so. if the Yankees make the World Series, I'm no Seth yeah. Goldberg for Games One and Two, probably. Okay, that's fair and listen, I figured
0: I, I could swing that a lot easier than I could swing a weekend a, a weekend getting away. you know we got high school, we've got SU, Syracuse games right. like weekends are kind of busy not that not not that weekdays aren't, but it's a little easier.
1: I don't blame Tommy for taking the ticket. Uh, I don't blame you for taking the ticket uh, as long as we're all on the same page because we've had instances where you know we show up and and people aren't here and we're wondering where people are and they're they're at sporting events. Or recovering from sporting events, so I'm glad that uh, I'm glad Tommy was proactive uh, and asked for the death. So, Hopefully, Tommy has a great time, and and I know he'll be rooting for a Yankee win tonight.
0: So I I had said to you, uh, didn't Max do this to us exactly the same thing? Because the wild card game was a year ago today, um, and I texted Max, and he said no. He went to Game Five of the ALDS. Okay. In, uh, so in Cleveland, and he and he's on his way to the wild card game now. So nice. maybe maybe the two of them can like meet up.
1: They can talk bad behind our back. Exactly.
0: They can both talk, both talk about how they skip our show to, to go to baseball games. That's
1: right. Uh, we love Max. And I
0: don't blame either of them for doing
1: it. We love Max. We miss Max. We're happy to have Tommy. We have neither one of them today. Uh, you and I riding, uh, I was going to say solo, but we're uh, we're a tandem today. Yes. Uh, no trio. Uh, Tommy will be back. He's not even going to be back tomorrow, right? We're talking Friday for Tommy. Tommy's return. Yeah.
0: At first, he was like, "I'm only going to take Wednesday off, and I'll get up really early and come back for two for Thursday." And then he uh, changed his mind. You know, I, with your I will, blessing, though. Yeah. Okay. I, fair I said that's fine. Don't All worry right. about it. And I, I will admit, I've done that before, where I've gotten up at you know six to get in the car by seven to get back up here. Uh, it's not fun. It's an awful day. It's not fun, so I don't blame him for I that. got up
1: at 3.45 in the morning to fly back from Clemson.
0: That yeah, was not why? fun. It ruined that the whole sounds day. sounds terrible.
1: My flight was at 7 a.m., and the airport was more than an hour away. That sounds awful. It was awful. And then it ruins the whole day. Yes. Because you're, you're miserable the whole yep. day. You, I slept maybe four hours that night. Um, and I was, if that, and I was, I was miserable the entire day.
0: And, and it's like one of those things that, and, and not to say that like, it's, it's a bad part of the job, like you're traveling to go to sporting events, but at the same time, like the travel kind of stinks.
1: Yes. When you're, when you're traveling like that. I didn't tell you about my trip, by the way, uh, real quick on the way down, we had a a mechanical issue on our plane (laughs) in DC. We sat on the tarmac (laughs) for two and a half hours and they kept telling us it'll be about five more minutes. It'll be about five more minutes. They probably told us that 10 times. Two and a half hours later, we finally take off. By the time we land, tornado warning in South Carolina, thunderstorms like all night long. We were supposed to shoot something for Channel 9 in the daylight when we arrived. By nope. the time we got there, it was pitch black. And again, tornado warning. Did I mention that? And thunderstorms. So everything got pushed back to Friday. It was a very difficult trip. So uh, did We you, faced did, some adversity, did, Seth, did, but we overcame did it. You, yeah, you did overcome that. Uh, did, you,
0: did you have reading material? Did you have...
1: I had like plenty video, of work to do. Did you on have the DVDs
0: plane. On, the, on, the, on the laptop. Like, how, how did you get through this? So, we
1: had a pregame show to get ready for right. that we did on, on News Channel 9 on Saturday. So, I had plenty of work to do. So, I actually got a lot of work done while we were sitting on the tarmac. It just, I would have preferred to be sitting in the airport and, you know, have like or a in, cup of coffee or, in my hands or, or something.
0: In, like your hotel room. Exactly.
1: <laughs> sitting on the tarmac, you know, scrunched uh, on a small plane, That that's not the way I wanted to spend two and a half hours no, that before sounds we terrible. even took off. Uh, in any event, we can talk some baseball today, certainly. Uh, Throughout the show, uh, Cubs and Rockies going into extra innings last game. night. Great game, a lot of drama. Uh, we've got you know uh, the Yankees coming up tonight at home, taking on the A. So we can talk some baseball. We will talk some hockey in about twenty minutes from now. Uh, Mitchell Stevens, Crunch Forward will uh, will be on the phone with us. Uh, the Crunch set to open up the regular season this weekend on the road. They wrapped up their preseason last night and then the home opener uh, set for next Saturday. But we begin with some SU football, and I I wanted to get back to something that I asked Floyd Little on Monday, Seth, and I I never got your thoughts on this. Um, It occurred to me, being on the sidelines for that Syracuse-Clemson game and and watching them play, you know, we, we usually stand on the sidelines, and watching them play up close and personal against that team in that environment, it occurred to me. When Dino Babers arrived at SU, Syracuse needed to win... With finesse and gimmicks to some degree, right? It was the fast tempo. It was the you know the up tempo offense and and the the gimmicky type system that we had never seen before, and try to wear down opponents and and do it with the system. And it occurred to me watching that game on Saturday that they no longer need to win with the system, with the the gimmicks, with you know the uh, you know trying to catch a team off guard finessing them to death right they were a finesse team and and now like they're they're a physical football team they held their own up front on the offensive side of the ball and the defensive side of the ball against a top 5 team a legitimate top 5 team in the country and it just it kind of hit me like a ton of bricks like for this to happen so early in the Dino Babers era number 1 when he arrived like I didn't I didn't quite know what the vision was. I didn't quite know what the end product was going to be and this is by no means the end product, but I understand it a lot more now than I did when he first got here. And to see the way that they are winning games and the way that they are competing, frankly I'm shocked. Frankly, I I I was very surprised on Saturday that for the second year in a row, they were the better team against Clemson, and they were they were just as physical, if not more. Their defensive line, in some ways, outplayed Clemson's defensive line. And I know Clemson did a great job stopping the run, but Syracuse had four sacks, and I I just I was I was surprised when I stopped to think about it. I couldn't believe that it, you know it's it's been little more than two seasons since since he's taken over. You know, it's two and a half seasons as of this weekend. And already they are going toe to toe and competing with the Florida States and the Clemsons of the world, and it's not a fluke when they're in the game.
0: No, it certainly isn't a fluke. And and to your point about the physicality, I was surprised about that too. And and I th- I thought it was a good point that you brought up on Monday. But when they were winning games, those four games that they won in the first year, they they were on finesse, right? They were on speed. They were on blowing past your guy. Um, you know, to to the, to a similar extent what they did in year two. Although I will I will say in that. Uh, the clemson game last year i didn't think that they were overpowered but you you know they they did score the long touchdowns. so to yeah, the point they made three long touchdowns in that um, game yeah you know yeah that that's that's to an extent the uh the system the, winning the, the game the system and the finesse and the speed the thing that i will admit as much as I I thought I understood what Dino Babers was trying to do and and like I knew I had watched his offense in the past and and variations of this offense and I knew that they wanted to run the ball first and and like the run game kind of sets up everything else like any other offense by the way in football. I didn't think that the run game was predicated on just mashing people. Right? Like I I didn't think that it was ever going to be predicated on just Destroying people up front and and blowing through holes, you know, and in, in the front. Like I thought that even the running game was going to be built to some degree on a finesse and speed kind of a a, a system and a, a a thought rather than a blow you blow you over um kind of a, 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 a technique. And I I think that that's the surprising part to me. I don't know that I ever expected the team to be as physical as it looked on Saturday to be able to match up with Clemson's physicality. I think that I expected, even when this thing was going at its best, you were going to have, and I say this tongue-in-cheek because they're still offensive linemen, smaller, slender offensive, more slender offensive linemen who were going to be working on finesse rather than, hey, I'm going to take you, Dexter Lawrence, and push you
1: back. And they do have a different type of offensive lineman in the system, so it's it's natural for you to to think that. And, and I I would think the same thing. You go back to when Dino was at Bowling Green, though they did run the football quite Absolutely a bit. Absolutely, I mean his did. goal every game, and he would say it was two hundred yards passing and two hundred yards rushing to get to four hundred yards, and and then you know you you hope you you, you hope that's the baseline. You build right? from there, and you, right. you build from there. Um, yes, I was I was surprised as as were you that they are able to, you know. You could maybe make the case that last year they caught Clemson off guard. I think you can make that case. Clemson but they shouldn't came in, have this year. But well, they didn't. I mean, there's no way right. you caught Clemson off no, guard they, this year. They couldn't have possibly. And they did the same thing. I mean, they, you know, last year they won by a field goal. What was it, twenty seven, twenty four last year? This year they very easily could have won by a field goal, twenty three, twenty. And it just so happens that they couldn't get the stop at the end. The fourth down play. If that fourth and six goes differently. Syracuse wins by a field goal, just like last they year. Do. And they did it on the road against a team that knew what was coming. They prepared all week. You can't tell me that Clemson got caught off guard. No, and, and to me, that is very surprising that already they are able to do this in year three of Dino Babers.
0: And and almost as impressive as being in these two games and, and winning the first one and, and being right there in the second one, isn't it almost as impressive that... You can look at these two games and say for eight quarters you can make the argument that Syracuse was the better team. I mean, you can make the argument, especially for seven of them. For seven of the eight quarters, you, you there is an easy argument I'm not to sure be made. You, I'm not sure that, you could argue the other way. No, I, I, I no, no. no. I mean, what I'm saying is y- right. I agree with you. The, seven of the eight quarters, it is not debatable who the better team was on not the at field. All. For the fourth one, you could, for the eighth quarter, you can argue that Syracuse might or might not have been the better team on the field the fourth quarter Saturday at, at Clemson. And to your point, I'm surprised that it's happened already. Surprised that it's happened now, middle of year three. Now, Dino Baber said it would happen middle of year two, but it's, but it's, but, but I think that we were skeptical of that from, from the jump, and, and right? You know
1: what? And, and we said that, you know, the, the moment he got, Here he said, you know, the middle of year two. And because of the injuries, I think you can make the case that it's it's only natural that the growth would be stunted. That, you know, while it normally would take, you know, sixteen to eighteen games for his system to catch and for everybody to get it, the fact that a lot of your key players were not playing in those games because they were hurt, a la Eric Dungey, that's gonna it stands stands to reason that okay, maybe it, it, it took a few extra games what did he play, 16 games his first two years? Yes. Under Babers, I'm saying. Yes. I mean, Eric Dungie had
0: only played 24 games through three seasons. Right. So, yes.
1: Yeah. So, he played 16 games, and that's essentially the middle of year two. Yes, it is. So, that would be the year three. Yeah. And I, and I think that, um,
0: I think it was Nate Mink who pointed it out. I, I think it was Nate Mink who pointed it out right after, or, or maybe even during the West Virginia game. But he said, this is the middle of year two, air quotes for Eric Dungey. right? This is, this is that... That, that switch point that Dino Babers had talked about so much. And so we saw th- that offensively. But I, I think to, to circle back, I still don't think I expected this level of physicality no. from them. I, I, I think I still expected it to be more speed and finesse. And and that's still there. Don't get me wrong. I mean, Mo Neal's really quick. Uh, Jamal Custis is really quick. You've got guys who can blow past people. Nikeem Johnson and Taj Harris— but it seems to be that it's mixed a lot more with a power game than I expected it to.
1: Going into that Clemson game, didn't you expect, like if Syracuse was going to be in that game, if I had told you beforehand Syracuse was going to have a 10-point a lead early in the fourth quarter... Wouldn't you have just assumed that there were a couple like big plays, like game-changing plays, like a pick six or a blocked punt or something along the lo- those lines? Because uh, to me, to do that on the road, I would have thought that you know they hit a home run a couple of times. I understand where you're coming from, but I, but given last year, I, I don't know. Well, again, they hit three home runs last year, right? In, but to, they, to get that lead. Sure. and they knocked the, the opposing quarterback.
0: And they out. knocked the opposing quarterback, but they did, and they did
1: that again. Right, but I'm saying going into the game, if I said Syracuse is going to have a 10 point Something's lead going into gonna, the fourth quarter, something weird is t- going to have to happen. At least to me, I would have thought, well, oh, there's a kick return or a pick six or you know a bomb that goes for 70 yards, some sort of you know. But see,
0: and and maybe this is maybe this is where I, I think differently than you. I don't I don't think what they did last year, with their three touchdowns, where where all the touchdowns came from 25 yards out or further. Like, I, I just think that's their offense, right? Like, I, I think that that's just going to happen, and, and
1: so... I guess like, my point maybe, is, I like, didn't expect, you know, a couple of one-yard plunges from Dungey sure. and methodically you well, know moving yeah. move the ball down the field. The one game-changing play they had was the muffed punt, and Jamal Custis recovered it. That was really the one play that, you know, flipped the field position, and they got, you know, for lack of a better term, they got lucky that they got the ball on the 10-yard line, and they were able to... But other than that, it was just... We're just as good as you, and I mean, th- th- so to me, that was the surprising part. They had a ten-point lead, and they really didn't have any fluky
0: plays. No, you're you're right. Uh, I think that's an interesting point. And I just saw this tweet come across from uh, from Pete, uh, and he uh, he makes an interesting point too. He said he went to the Clemson game two years ago at Clemson. They lost fifty-four nothing. Yeah, and uh, and sat in the second row, and he wanted to see the size difference between Mike Mike Williams, their top receiver, and the defensive backs. He said it was crazy. The difference between the size now, as Pete says, is not as noticeable. Yeah, Um, I'll I'll, I'll buy that. And um, uh, then he said he went to LSU last year and and said the same thing, right? Syracuse wore down LSU to an extent. I I think that we're seeing, and and we have seen over the last year, uh, a a real change here, and and a real change in in how this program has gone, and, and I guess it's it's happened more and quicker than i would have expected and
1: i, and I started to notice the change last year as well the fact they were in the games with lsu and miami and florida state and beat clemson and right. i get all that but but this year to see them just physically dominate florida state and those those four they and five star athletes physically dominate the seminoles and then to be just as good physically be just as physical as the clemson tigers at memorial stadium it, to me, it just it smacked me in the face that you know this this team doesn't have to win with finesse and with speed and with the system. Yeah, that stuff helps. This team is physical though, and this is a good football team. 76-44. That, th- that stuff helps and
0: will win you a game at oh, some point. No, right? Like like there'll be a game where where maybe you're just off, but it's like eh, you know what we're we're playing a a you know, lesser opponent, and, and our system's Western able to get Western Michigan,
1: done. to some degree, turned into that. It turned did. into a track yes. meet, and they exactly. were able to win it. You're able to win a track meet, but you're also able to win a game. Now, I know they didn't win this game against Clemson, but they could have won that game against Clemson in playing a different style, playing a more physical style, and and not, you know, throwing 70-yard touchdown passes every fifth play. We do need to take our first time out. Full lines are open at 315-437-7644. Back after this on ESPN Radio. Live from Armory Square, this is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. All right, full lines open the rest of the way at 315-437-7644. You can also text us at 315-288-0644. We can get back to talking SU football if you'd like. In fact, Syracuse is winning with physicality now and finesse. Before, it was, it was finesse and the system and, and now they've got the, the physicality to go with it. Uh, if you'd like to talk some SU football, by all means, give us a call. While we have a few minutes here, uh, wrapping up hour number one, Seth, why don't we talk some baseball? Yankees, A's tonight, and it's Luis Severino on the mound. I know we touched on this uh, yesterday. You and I both thought it would probably be Tanaka, but Severino had two really good starts to close out the regular season. He's got the best stuff, and he's been very good at home by and large, so they give him the ball.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I can't—I know we talked about this a little bit yesterday. I, I can't knock Boone for this choice, right? It's it's not like you had an obvious choice. It's not like you had John Lester, who's one of the great postseason pitchers ever. It's not like you have Kyle Freeland like the Rockies did, and, and they're able to shove him out there and and expect to get that kind of an outing last night. Um, you don't have Justin Verlander. You don't have Corey Kluber. You don't have Chris Sale. Like, you, you don't, right? Because— uh, Luis Severino had a really bad second half of the year, and he got better towards the end, and, and he seemed to straighten things out in the last couple of starts. But there, there are still question marks there, and, and because there are question marks surrounding him, you didn't have a clear-cut answer. So um, I kind of look at it this way. I don't think he's going to pitch more than four innings. So if you're only looking for three or four innings out of a guy, go with the guy who's got the best fastball. <laughs> right, go go with the guy who's got the best stuff, the most dominant stuff, and hope that he'll come out and pump a hundred for three innings with that nasty wipeout slider, and you hope that you don't have to worry about too much else. Think like like I, I look back at what happened last night, and at Adamotovino, right, comes out of the the Rockies bullpen. And he picks up a big strikeout on a fastball, right, to end to end that inning. When he came in in the seventh inning, he picks up a strikeout on a fastball with the bases loaded. That fastball was my, was at ninety seven miles an hour, his fastest pitch all season. Right, forget about just last night, his fastest pitch all season. So it seems like they, there's something about the playoffs, and we all know this. There's something about the playoffs that gets you a little more amped up. So I want Luis Severino to be that guy who's got a little more juice behind him. And maybe instead of throwing 99, he's throwing 101. And I, I take that.
1: I think there are some Yankee fans, though, and maybe more than a few, uh, that are nervous based on what happened last year.
0: And I think that's fair. I think that's fair because it wasn't only the wild card game. He wasn't great in the, right. in the rest of the playoffs.
1: Right. And I think that that's a concern. I mean, he he didn't make it out of the first inning last year. Spotted the Twins a 3 nothing lead. Now New York came back and won the game. But I think that's a concern, especially when you're only expecting three or four innings out of him. He's got to get off to a good start, and last year he did not. So I'm sure that it, it factored into Aaron Boone's decision. I'm sure he considered it. He looked at it from all angles, but he decided that, that Severino is, is the guy and, and he's ready to go. Let me ask you this. If Severino does not pitch well tonight, and we remember obviously what happened last year, does that does that change anything about... About him and and his future with the organization, or you know, do you do you just look look past that because of his stuff and his overall track record?
0: I think you look past it, um, and and that might sound like a cop out. That might sound like I just like Luis Severino. Um, I think you have to look past it because of his overall stuff, because of what he has done in general over the last two years, right? Like, uh, um, big picture. I'm I'm talking not. Not, you know, oh, he had a bad second half. I'm, I'm talking big picture what he's done the last two seasons. He's been incredible. And, and he's been one of the, probably the five best starters in the American League when you look at the last two years. Look at a guy like Clayton Kershaw, right? I mean, Clayton Kershaw is a guy who struggles in the postseason. Clayton Kershaw is the best pitcher of the generation and a first ballot Hall of Famer. And he has terrible postseason numbers. So, you know what? Some guys just aren't that good in the playoffs. And would you like them to be better? Of course you would like them to be better. Uh he's also twenty-five years old, and if you get off to a rough start, you have time to fix it. I, I think that you ride with him. I don't think that you question his ability. I don't I don't think that you question his place in the organization. I, I think it's he has a couple of bad starts.
1: And I-, I think the perception going into this game tonight, Seth, is that well, the Yankees are the better team and they won 100 games and 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 I get that. And if they were in any other division, um, you know, obviously the the Astros finished with a better record, but you know, if they were in the the Central for instance, the Yankees would have won the Central by 9 games. Um, so they Well, yeah, the Indians the Indians won that division by showing up. Right. Exactly. Um, but I think there's a perception that the you know, the Yankees are the better team tonight. They you know, they won 100 games. The A's won 97, and the A's were you know, you could make the case the best team in baseball in the second half of the year. They definitely were. They were So great. I you know, I I don't think by any means this is a, a foregone conclusion uh for the Yankees. They're gonna need to go out and they're gonna need to win this game. And as we've seen in years past, sometimes when you're at home, it can work against you if you get off to a slow start or if the visitor scores first, you get a little tight and the crowd gets a little antsy and you know, you start gripping the bat a little bit tighter and you know, we've we've seen that sometimes being at home. Now you much rather be at home than on the road, and you get the last crack in the ninth and all that. And that came into play last night with an extra inning game. You want the last crack. I'm not suggesting you wish this game was in Oakland, but sometimes being at home it can work against you if you fall behind early.
0: Right, and uh, the the funny part about that is that it didn't last year. Right, last year, year didn't, right? It, it didn't, didn't bite th- it. That's the funny part about this, is that la- last year would have been the picture-perfect example. But how many times example. have we seen that,
1: though? We've seen it so many times. That, that's what I was about to
0: say. Last year would have been the prime example of, well, you know, you fell behind early, the crowd's out of it, everybody's sitting on the edge of their seat, it's 3 nothing after the first inning, and all of a sudden you're trailing all night, except, oh, by the way, they come out and score three in the bottom of the first inning. Right, so... You've got that <laughs> that ability to change and things on a dime. This lineup can do that. This and,
1: lineup can do that, and
0: that's what I was going to say. This lineup can change a game at any point, and I'm not saying that they're going to go out and hit a whole bunch of home runs. Um, but I, I I saw I saw a stat yesterday that you know the the lineup that they are likely to go with tonight, the lineup of Andrew McCutcheon, Aaron Judge, Aaron Hicks, DD Gregorius, Giancarlo Stanton. Uh, Miguel Andujar, Gleber Torres, Gary Sanchez, Luke Voigt, right? Th- those nine guys in whatever order. That lineup has played together four times this season due to injuries and acquisition. That lineup has played together four times. They've scored over thirty runs in those four games. They they average That's better. Good. They average better than eight runs a game in those four games. that that that, that nine man lineup has been together. I'm not saying that they're going to go out and score eight or ten runs. But the lineup the Yankees have built between acquisition and getting healthy has the ability to go score 9 or 10 or 12 runs on any given night. And so I I don't think that you count them out even if they give up a run or two early because every every position 1 through 9 can hit home runs. Every position 1 through 9 hit 20 home runs for the Yankees this year. They've hit the most home runs in baseball history. They can get back into a game at any point.
1: The winner of this game tonight obviously takes on the Red Sox next. You said this yesterday when we were doing our NFL power rankings. You said it, you know the Rams and Chiefs, you know it would be a a Super Bowl preview uh, when they meet in the regular season. Do you feel the same way about the Red Sox? Like if I said to you, Red Sox or the field in the American League to go to the World Series, are you taking the Red Sox? They've been the best team in baseball not all. all year long. I'm you, not, you'll no. ta- you'll, you'll I, take you. I the field. take the
0: field. I would take the field. Um, I think Houston is really well set to go to the World Series. I think that Houston is just a really good, really balanced team. I think Houston's pitching staff is better top to bottom uh, than than Boston's. I, I think that their starting rotation of Verlander and Cole and Keuchel and and uh, uh, McCullers coming out of the bullpen and Charlie Morton, I think that that is better than what Boston's got. I, I have serious questions about Chris Sale. Yeah, and when Chris Sale went on the DL and in July, August to miss that Yankee series. I remember saying on Yankees on deck, oh, they're they're just they're, they're just getting him out of the way. They don't want him pitching against the Yankees. They want to skip a start or two to keep him fresh for the postseason. And then they did it again. And then he came back and he wasn't himself and he's throwing in the in the low 90s instead of the high nineties. I've got serious questions about Chris Sale. Um, I, I think that if you're a heavy right-handed power team, you can beat the Red Sox because they're going to throw out Chris Sale and David Price and and uh, Eduardo Rodriguez or or another lefty, so I, I think that a team like the Yankees that has a lot of righty power, like the Astros that has a lot of righty power, could do some damage against them.
1: Three one five four three seven seventy six forty four again. Phone lines open the rest of the way. Seth and I with you up until two o'clock. Hour number one in the books. We'll kick off hour number two right after this on ESPN Radio.